0: Hi, it's Mina Kimes, host of the ESPN Daily podcast. Wake up to the best story you'll hear all day. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, where you get an inside look at the most interesting stories at ESPN as told by the top reporters and insiders on the planet. The breaking news Sports SportsCenter with a deep dive storytelling of 30 for 30. Today's episode is one I thought you'd especially like. Please listen and subscribe to ESPN Daily wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Here we go. Alex Ovestin has dropped the gloves in a fight here and taking down the Carolina player Andre Svetchnikov. Wow, and Svetchnikov is out. Fighting has always been a part of hockey, it's as inextricable from the game as zambonis and missing teeth. But fights on the ice are at historic lows in the NHL and might be disappearing altogether. Today, we'll tell you why, and what it means for the future of the sport. It's Wednesday, November twenty seventh. I'm Nina Kimes, and this is ESPN Daily, presented by Dell Small Business.
1: Two minutes in the waiting. Here they go. Box's helmet off. Delivering oh! rights, and now Sealer answers back with a box. Oh! A couple more. It's an electric experience. Like when you're at a hockey arena and all of a sudden you start to see two guys stop skating and stare at each other, then all of a sudden their gloves come off. You look around and everybody's rising to their feet in anticipation of what's going to happen.
0: That's Greg Wyszynski, senior hockey writer for ESPN.
1: There's really nothing like it for something that should be patentedly illegal <laughs> within the context of the sport. I mean, you have people throwing air punches. You have people cheering on each punch. The arena plays along too. I mean, there are some arenas that'll play like the theme from Rocky or something while there's a fight going on.
0: And now we have Maroon dropping the mitts here. And some right
1: hands by Maroon. He has landed some solid right hands. His teammates appreciate the passion and the fans always appreciate a little pugilism. It's definitely a moment of entertainment when you're in the arena mainly because it's tough to anticipate it. It comes out of nowhere, and I think there's a certain thrill about them.
0: Why is fighting a part of hockey in the first place?
1: Mostly because of tradition. I mean, through the years, you've had all of these guys that are on these teams, enforcers, they're called.
0: Delorier comes in close with a left, goes with a right uppercut.
1: The thought is that if you have a guy that could beat up somebody on the other team, then that is going to protect your smaller, frailer, weaker players. This is what attracted Bob Murray to Nick Delore is the reputation of just being a great team guy. And he's gonna... And then on top of that, there's always this thought of it being such a physical game. I mean, checking, hitting, all that stuff. It's a pressure valve release. The violence builds to a certain point and then and then you have a fight and then everybody just kind of calms down for a little bit. So that's sort of why it's existed through the centuries. Oh, and also because uh, it sold tickets, lots of <laughs> tickets to the National Hockey League for a very long time.
0: Historically, how have fans in the league felt about enforcers?
1: The fighters back in the day when I was a kid growing up, Bob Probert and Ty Domi and players like that, they became cult icons. I like to tell the story about how when the Nashville Predators began in the NHL as an expansion team, one of the first giant billboards they put up in the middle of town to sell the team was Stu the Grim Reaper Grimson. He's not scoring 40 goals. (laughs) He's getting into 40 fights. So there was definitely a time when the marketing of fighters was advantageous to the National Hockey League. And fans played our role. I mean, we we lionized these guys.
0: You spent a lot of time with guys like Stu Grimson, some of the great enforcers. What are they like?
1: If you ever want to know about fighting and why fighting exists, ask a fighter. These guys are the most eloquent and insightful philosophers about plying their trade that I've ever come across. There is an art and a skill to what these guys do, but there's also this sort of sage warrior philosophy that you get from them as well about why they do what they do, why they feel it's important. And you ask them and and you come away almost kind of believing that there might be a reason for it to exist.
0: Well, many people in the league believe there's a strategic element to fighting, right?
1: That's correct coaches still will tell you that a a fight will turn around the momentum in a game. There are some stats that tell you that the fight doesn't really do all that much to turn the tide, but there is sort of a psychological aspect of if your team is down and they don't have a spark, it's game, you know, 43 of an 82-game season, it's a Tuesday night against Ottawa, Uh, they're not into it, that maybe a fight's going to spark them a little bit. And, And oftentimes, just from observational evidence, that seems to be the case. It is my somber duty to report NHL teams will not play until we have a new system which fixes the economic problems
0: facing our game.
1: After the 2005 lockout, that's really when rules changes came into effect that turned the National Hockey League into a more offensive era. Now all of a sudden teams are reevaluating the roles of fighters on their rosters. You know, in hockey, there's four lines, right? So you have two scoring lines, usually one defensive line, and then a fourth line usually is where you used to find the goons, the guys that didn't skate all that well, but they could throw their fists pretty well. Now teams are looking at that fourth line and saying, well, we can't simply trot out guys that don't have offensive skill. So the role of the enforcer started to become extinct in the National Hockey League.
0: You mentioned how a lot of this is sort of stemmed from rules changes. Obviously, the league wanted more offense. Really, we're seeing that happen across sports, right? But do you think they also wanted fighting to go down?
1: The NHL has a real tricky relationship with fighting. You know, there's a lot of guys, and I'm using guys (laughs) in the literal sense, that run the National Hockey League that are traditionalists. And they believe that fighting has a place in the game because it's the game that they grew up with.
0: I'm not an apologist. I don't know what's wrong with a good scrap in the NHL. It's exciting. It's there for a reason. It's been there forever. I don't want to get to the day where cowards can play our sport. The hockey player is the toughest athlete, the most courageous athlete.
1: There's never been really a drive within the National Hockey League's power structure to create draconian rules that we're going to get rid of fighting immediately.
0: Coming up... What happens when the past and future of hockey collide? And is fighting on its way out? Speaking of the league and its attitude towards fighting, earlier this year, the commissioner, Gary Bettman, was actually asked about the role that fighting plays in the sport by a member of the Canadian Parliament.
1: This is an act that is a criminal act in, in, in any other setting. This could be removed from NHL hockey with the stroke of a pen. Actually, well, with respect, it couldn't be removed with the stroke of a pen because it would have to be agreed to by the players. No, no the sir, players let me, sir, let me, uh, let me, I, I, the players, sir, don't make the rules.
0: Gary Bettman sounds kind of defensive there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's usually what we get to. Um, he's actually right in that clip that it would take the participation of the National Hockey League Players Association to sign off on a fighting ban. So he's, he's accurate there. But I will say this about the question itself of fighting's place in hockey. If we are going to take real world thoughts about violence in sports and apply them to the National Hockey League, every single player would be in Rikers right now. Okay, (laughs) like if I took a stick and smashed it over your wrist at a bar, I'm going to jail too. Like anything that happens in hockey is illegal outside of the hockey rink. Let's be honest.
0: Please don't ever do that. How do the players feel about fighting disappearing in the sport?
1: It's a complicated feeling. On the one hand, you're going to find players that still feel like fighting has very much a place in the game, that still believe that it is a way to police each other on the ice, that it's a way to settle scores, that there is a code that should be followed that makes the game, quote-unquote, safer with fighting in it. And then there are players that don't see it being a necessity in this day and age. The generations of players that have come through in the last maybe like 20 or 15 years just don't fight as much anymore. And it's not a part of their game coming up through the minor leagues, through college leagues. You used to have players who would punch their ticket for professional jobs By being fighters, they would literally fight their way into the league. That was the skill that they had. And that path has been completely closed off in today's NHL, which is a a major sea change for a lot of guys that maybe, you know, grew up in a small Canadian town and figured this would be my way to get to the National Hockey League one day. Well, those jobs aren't there anymore.
0: So it sounds like From a strategic perspective, in terms of increasing offense, from potentially a health perspective, there are a lot of good reasons for uh, fighting to be disappearing from the game. But from an entertainment perspective and a fan's perspective, it could actually decrease interest.
1: I've had to put myself in the shoes of a younger fan to address that question myself. And I think the answer is that these fans are growing up with a different Sport than I do. Drop pass, drive to McDavid down the middle. Wish Connor McDavid, just like that, has made it 3-2 Edmonton! They're watching the Connor McDavids and the Austin Matthews, as even before that, the Sidney Crosby's and the Alex Ovechkins. Hit off the glass, loose in front, they score! And it's Alex Ovechkin! Do incredible things offensively in this game. And the skating and the goal scoring, that's the draw of hockey today. For me as a kid, the draw of hockey was the rougher stuff, the fighting, the checking, the hitting, the guys being carried out on stretchers. It is a completely different game today. So when addressing the popularity of the game going forward without fighting, I think you have to acknowledge that there's going to be generations of fans that didn't grow up with it. And so while someone like me might say, well, I enjoyed it much better when a rivalry was a rivalry because there was blood on the ice during those games, the 18-year-old watching hockey today doesn't understand that league, never saw it, didn't exist. And so I think that hockey's popularity, which is pretty high right now, I think it'll keep thriving even though there's no fighting because you're going to have generations of fans that didn't know that league.
0: Is this kind of like how kids today grew up watching Steph Curry and loving the three-point shot, but old dads like you complain about it constantly? (laughs) Get off my lawn or guys, get off my rink.
1: You know, I didn't I don't want to ever come off like a dinosaur in these conversations, right? I understand the thing I liked was the thing I liked, but I also acknowledge the fact that covering the game today, the skill level is off the charts and we've never seen it this good and this this deep as far as talented players go, and it's entertaining in a much safer and less debilitating way for these guys.
0: So last year just over 15% of regular season games had a fight. 10 years ago that was 41% In five years, is fighting gone altogether?
1: I think there's always going to be some level of fighting as long as it's quasi-legal. The players themselves feel like it serves a purpose still. The teams themselves feel like it serves a purpose. There's always going to be those moments in a game when the violence between two players boils over. But you're absolutely right that the decline in fighting has been absolutely staggering. Last season was the first time in the NHL that fewer than 200 games had a fighting major. And from 2008 to 2012, the average was 471 games of the fighting major per season. So we're just seeing it at levels that we've never seen it drop to before. It'll continue to drop, but I can't imagine within this generation that it'll completely leave. Now, 15 years? Maybe. But then, you know, there won't be ice in 15 years. So (laughs) it'll be a completely different game as well.
0: (laughs) Too real. Greg, thank you so much. That was awesome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Coming up, one more story. Here's another story I want you to know. With Turkey Day around the corner, I'd like to take some time to tell you about a Duck. Specifically, Devlin Duck Hodges, the Steelers' backup quarterback who just took the starting job from Mason Rudolph. When head coach Mike Tomlin was asked why he's benching Rudolph in favor of Hodges, an undrafted rookie he reportedly calls Duck Dynasty, Tomlin had this to say. He has not killed us. I expect him to not kill us. Yikes. Now, if you aren't already familiar with Hodges, here's what you need to know. According to a story by Arbrook Pryor, he got his nickname in college because apparently he would not stop talking about his love of duck hunting and duck calling. He picked up both hobbies as a boy in Alabama. And honestly, it's not fair to call them hobbies because he is really, really good at making duck sounds. As a seven-year-old, he started training under a duck calling legend named Butch Richenbach, then went on to compete around the country. He won a duck calling contest as recently as last year. Let's listen. I mean, think of the potential for audibles or fantasy names. you go with Mighty Ducks, Duck and Cover the Spread, Big Duck Energy, Duck Duck Goose Check. That one only works if you also own Kyle Goose Check. And we could also get great color commentary out of this. When the Steelers play the Cardinals in December, will they be flying south for the winter? When they're closing out a win by running out the clock, should they go into a flying V formation? And when Duck inevitably throws a bad pass, what do you call it without being redundant? In any case, I'm looking forward to watching... Not just because of the terrible dad jokes. Yes, I realize it's a little ironic for me to be calling out terrible dad jokes. But because he's clearly outplayed the competition, and this is a real chance for him to make his mark. With five games left, the Steelers are definitely in playoff contention, and now they've got a quarterback who's used to being in the hunt. I'm Ina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.